Welcome to the Res Life Podcast with Dr. Chris Riley and Dr. Alex Schubert, the medical podcast for those at any stage in the medical field, from pre-med students through attending physicians and anyone else who wants to learn more about the field of medicine. Make sure to subscribe, like, and comment on this video to provide feedback on medical topics you would like to learn more about. Hey everyone, welcome back to Res Life with myself, Chris Riley, and Alex Schuper at New York City. Uh, it's been a while, like actually a really long time uh, since we've Too had long. any conversation on the podcast. So welcome back to all you faithful listeners out there. Um, Dr. Schuper, what's what's been going on with you, man? How's how's marathon training? It's good. So since we last spoke on the podcast, it's been a new academic year. So Dr. Riley is officially now a PGY3 emergency medicine resident, crazy, the senior guy, as scary as that sounds, and I'm now a PGY4 neurosurgery resident, which for us means elective time, so I'm currently working in the lab, working on a glioblastoma model, doing pretty basic brain tumor research, in addition to a few clinical projects. My interest is in both spine and spinal oncology, so that's why I do primarily tumor research, but I also have to do a bunch of clinical research in spine as well. So kind of straddling both subspecialties of neurosurgery. Um, it's great. Uh, for the first time in years, I have what most people would consider a normal job, like a more nine to five hours. Of course, it's never really that, but it feels much more like that compared to a normal residence grind. So it's very weird. It's weird not waking up at four every morning. Um, getting to spend time with my family and actually get to like work out regularly, which I think was probably one of the biggest things that led to burnout for me and just not being able to do things that really give me identity, like fitness, like that was the same with Dr. Riley. Um, <clears throat> but it's great. So I've been training a lot for, uh, for mar- marathon running. Um, I ran my first one last year in Philly and then I'm running New York this year. Uh, I'm running on the American Brain Tumor Associate, Association's team, which is pretty exciting. Um, the ABTA, just a quick plug, is the largest uh, charity, if you will, for glioblastoma in the country. They raise tens of millions of dollars for not just supporting glioblastoma research efforts, but also to support uh, both patients and families of patients with glioblastoma. So they do a lot of outreach support groups. Um, coming up with initiatives just to make life a little easier for those who are afflicted with this horrible disease. So I'm running on their team. I'm running with people who have been affected by glioblastoma, their families. Um, I'm the only neurosurgeon on the team, which is a pretty cool perspective. Um, We're all raising money. Um, We're each raising at least $3,000 for the race. So as a team, we're running, we're fundraising a total of $45,000 at the minimum, wow. which is pretty awesome. Um, so far to date, I think we've raised over twenty five thousand. That's awesome. Which is pretty impressive. Yeah. We still have a couple more months to go. Yeah, we'll we'll uh, uh, we'll plug plug that in the show notes for you guys uh, that have access to uh, the show notes. We'll definitely put a link in there if you guys want to donate to uh, Doctor Schuper's NYC Marathon uh, Glioblastoma Foundation. I think that'll be fantastic. So that's awesome. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, anything counts, even like five, ten dollars. Uh, 
100% of the proceeds go to this organization, the ABTA, which again is the, the largest Gloobust on the uh, support fundraiser in the country. Uh, so that's great. But what's new with you, Dr. Riley? I heard in your last year of residency, you have some things lined up. Yeah. So, or in the works, at least. So, so I'm, uh, I'm applying for medical education fellowship, which in emergency medicine, there's a lot of different fellowships that you can apply for outside of ACGME. The ones that are ACGME accredited are going to be critical care. Um, that's pretty much the largest one. I believe you can also do pain management. There's a couple other in there as well. I think EMS. Um, but the ones that are off the books, uh, like medical education fellowship, they're typically a one to two year fellowship of extra training in a subspecialty in emergency medicine. And they really help you as an educator get a little bit you know, deeper of a dive into whatever you're into. So you know, if you're into EMS, you do that. You're hyperbarics, you do that. Um, ultrasound is super popular. Um, medical education's kind of a newer one and the reason why I'm going for it is because I kind of like everything in emergency medicine and I really love teaching and I've really developed a passion for it over the past three years and that's the big reason why I'm applying for med ed fellowship um, it's about one to two years if you do two years you get a master's wherever you're at and uh, I apply to a bunch of east coast programs so we'll see what happens um, I uh, actually just got back from a conference a uh, the ASEP Core Teaching Fellowship. It's out in Dallas, uh, Fort Worth area. It was an awesome opportunity. Got to hear about a lot of amazing uh, teaching techniques. Got to network with a lot of amazing people. And that is the segue into today's topic. So today we're going to be talking about networking as a medical student or a resident. So Dr. Schuper, I don't know about you, I mean, I do know about you. I'm sure, I'm sure you went to plenty of conferences as a medical student um, because neurosurgery is highly selective uh, and a very, very uh, small subspecialty, right? So I'm sure you met plenty of people on the road at these different conferences. But for myself, I know for 100% certainty that networking alone gave me about eight additional interviews for residency. Um, just by showing face at these things and introducing yourself to as many people as possible um, and just talking to random people. You never know who somebody knows. Uh, so let's just talk a little bit about that. So tell me about your experience with conferences as a medical student. Absolutely. I don't think it can be overstated how beneficial attending conferences can be. And this is not just for networking. This, this podcast is primarily about networking, but I want you guys to keep in mind that conferences have many benefits. Uh, I would say networking is a primary benefit for a med student or a resident, really at any level, even a fellow attending, an attending who's looking to either get a new job or receive some type of promotion, whether it's their own institution or leadership nationally. Uh, it benefits everyone. Every, it's... In many specialties cases, the one or two times a year that you get everyone from across the country in one place where you can all talk, you can all meet face-to-face. Um, -face. I mean, now communication is a lot more accessible without being face-to-face, -face, but I still think there's a large benefit 
and having that in-person interaction. And there are so many opportunities to network, um, probably the same in emergency medicine as neurosurgery. For example, you attend different seminars and teaching courses. Um, we have a lot of labs in surgical subspecialties where med students and residents can learn new surgical techniques at conferences. For example, if there's a new type of implant for spine surgery, that company may be demoing it and may even be holding a course at a conference for trainees so that they're able to learn the technique and then bring it back to their hospitals and practice it. Um, additionally, the, a lot of these companies that have either new devices or new innovations, they'll host either like dinners or lunches where they'll give presentations for you and other med students or faculty or residents. And it's really a nice opportunity to get everyone together um, in either a formal or informal setting and just to see, just to, to compare notes and to see where everyone's at and to get some different perspectives. I've learned so much from conferences. I've taken, I've listened to talks. I've taken back to my institution and applied what I've learned from other people's research. I've presented my own research. It's really a great opportunity to get your name out there, really put yourself on the map. If they're, say, in Dr. Riley's case, he's applying for fellowship this year. If there's a program or two he's targeting, he can specifically look for people at those programs and just put a face to the name and say, hey, my name is Chris Riley. Just want to let you know I'll be applying to your fellowship this year. I really want to be at your hospital for X, Y, Z reasons. Uh, it was great to meet you. And then you follow up with an email and it's that easy. Now they know who you are. So when they see your application come through, come interview cycle, you already have that leg up on everyone else. And this is really a unique opportunity that you can only get at, at in-person events like conferences. It's not like you're going to walk down the street and run into a program director at a program that you're applying to, right? That's just not realistic. But a conference is a really focused way to meet a lot of people that can help you in your career path in one place. So I think it's incredibly beneficial. Yeah, and I was going to say... Uh these people, they remember what it was like to be in your shoes, so they want to help you. They see that you're putting in the effort to be at these extra things that you don't necessarily need to be at. Um, as a med student, I highly encourage you, your third, at the end of the third year, going into fourth year, around that time, even a little bit earlier if you're really into research and you want to try to present a poster at one of these conferences, to try to get to one of these conferences because you introduce yourself to a resident in a certain program that you're really interested. That resident talks you up to the other residents. Maybe he or she runs into, um, you know, their APD or their program director. And then, boom, that's how things happen. Um, that ha That's literally how I had eight additional interviews for emergency medicine is through these conferences and just walking up to random people, being confident yet humble, and introducing yourself. Um one thing I would definitely recommend doing before you go is have a CV with you or at least some sort of card, uh, like a business card with your contact information on it that you can give out. Um, and if you don't have that, ask these people because they're very busy, you know, with different activities and whatever. You know, if you can exchange contact information, then you can reach out to them after the conference. Um, but just remember these people, re 
they know what it was like to be in your shoes and they want to help you. Uh, and like Dr. Schubert was saying, research is a huge part of these conferences, different studies coming out that prior year, uh, as well as amazing talks that just get you excited about your specialty. Uh, every time I go to emergency medicine conference, I leave so jacked up about emergency medicine. I'm like, the next time I get a patient that goes into cardiac arrest out of nowhere, you know, penetrating trauma, I'm boom, I'm opening the chest. I got it now. I got it. So, like, you know, you get excited about this stuff. Obviously, I'm exaggerating a little bit, you know. It's still going to make you very nervous, but at the just, same just time, a little bit. just a little bit. But, you know, <laughs> guy these, still loves cracking chests. <laughs> These educators, they get you so jacked up and they get you so excited about the specialty you're in. Um, in addition to that, the research is very compelling. Uh, a lot of it, it may be practice changing for you, um, and it may be something you bring back to your shop. Like Dr. Schuper was saying, some of these newer technologies, maybe you bring that back to your uh, home institution. So that's you know kind of my take on the whole conference thing. I think it's super important to go. Um, gets you jacked up about your specialty, you learn a ton, and you get to meet amazing, amazing people. Um, do you have anything else to add on conferences? Um, I think there, there are other ways except just meeting people that can, conferences can really benefit medical students. Um, networking, I would say, is the primary objective for medical students. It's a great way to get exposure, get your name out there. But it's also possible to get involved in different ways. There are different professional organizations that are run through conferences. For example, in neurosurgery, the two major conferences of the year are CNS and the AAMS. And one's held in the fall, one's held in the spring every year. And in those organizations, there are different sections. So there's a section on pain and spine. There's a section on functional, section on cerebrovascular, et cetera. And even as a medical student, you, you can become involved in some of these sections. And that's a great way, not just for networking, but to learn about this area, this field that you may be interested in going into. So there are ways, even for, at the med student level, that you can really get involved in these organizations. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's something definitely worth pursuing. If you're not, if you don't know specifically what specialty you're interested in, there are also general medical student conferences that you can attend. Um, for example, like AAMC, uh, the AMA has conference has like big conferences, some which are more geared toward medical students. Um, the ACS, American College of Surgeons, has a huge conference, like one of the biggest conferences of the year. That there are specific parts of it that are just targeted toward medical students. Um, even before I was a medical student, I attended uh, an ACS conference when I was at Hopkins, and that was really interesting, and I connected with a lot of people and got really involved through that. So there are a lot of opportunities. It's just a matter of taking advantage of them. Um, there are definitely some limitations of conferences or potential cons, if you will. Uh, one is that they do take time. So most conferences will not be in your city, even if you live in Dallas or Miami or San Diego or one of these cities that they are more likely to do conferences in. Um, they're more commonly going to be in places you don't live in or you have to fly to. So this takes time. It can be time away from your classes, time away from studying. 
So you have to factor all these things in. Or you have to be responsible. You don't want to attend a conference like the week before you take step one, for example. Yeah, I wouldn't advise um, that. Though now step one is pass fail, and it doesn't That's really matter true. anymore, is what they tell me. So you know what? Maybe you should go to a conference the week before step one. Sure. Why not? <laughs> anyway, just ignore us. Um, and then with that comes the financial constraint. So conferences do cost money. Most, I would say not all, but most medical schools are actually good about allocating a budget for medical students. Um, I know at Sinai, the, the institution I'm currently at that obviously has a medical school, um, they have a specific budget for medical students to attend conferences. They can attend like one or two a year. Um, however, they do have to apply for this budget. And I believe they do have to be presenting research. So you can't just go willy-nilly to a conference that you're not contributing to. Um, some medical schools may be more lenient on this. Um, I know my medical school is the same way that I could apply for essentially money that the medical school would lend me to go to these conferences. Uh, but I think it is important, especially if you have the opportunity to present research or to contribute to something at the conference, I think it's worth going. I think it will help you. Um, even if the medical school is able to subsidize the costs and you say you, you, know, you just have to pay for like part of the flight or something, I do think it's worth it. Um, it. Again, it's a great way to help you get to that next step, whether you're a medical student looking for a residency spot, a resident trying to get a fellowship spot, or an attending try to, trying to promote themselves to the next level or trying to raise themselves within that academic field. Um, I think these are all benefits that people have seen to be very fruitful through networking and conferences and just professional organizations within their specialty. I was going to say also attendings or even residents uh, you know, in your final year, it's a great way to find a job. A lot of these places have uh, career fairs on one of the days at the conferences. I know ASEP, um, which is this year out in uh, San Francisco which I'll be going to that, and my entire third-year class is going to that, which is going to be a lot of fun. Um, I know that there is a career fair there. There's also a fellowship fair there. And for medical students, there's a residency fair uh, through the Resident Association, uh, Emergency Medicine Resident Association, EMRA, um, which I also want to throw a plug in there. I am the new co-host for that podcast, which is really oh. exciting. Yeah, uh, EmraCast. If you guys haven't heard it and you're super into emergency medicine, you guys should definitely check it out. Um, that'll be a lot of fun. We're actually recording a bunch of episodes at ASEP in San Francisco. Um, so that'll be great. But in terms of national conferences, you have things like Dr. Schuper was talking about. Um, you also have, you know, ASEP. You have uh, the AAMC, you have AMA, you have AAFP, you have all these different, you know, national organizations throwing on these conferences that kind of move around from city to city every year. But you also have conferences on the state level. So if you're really interested in going to residency in a specific state, or if you're really interested in doing fellowship or getting a job in a specific state, you can also go to that state-specific uh, symposium or conference. Uh, for example, um, me and my buddy in my program, G.J. Cook, we actually did some original research. We research uh, for medical education. 
it was a prospective study, and we presented our poster at FSEP, which is the Florida College of Emergency Physicians, um, and they have a conference every year, and he met a bunch of people there. And I think he wants to stay in Florida, so it was very beneficial for him. So if you have state or local conferences, too, highly encourage that if you know exactly where you want to be because location is so important, especially going forward in residency and beyond. So Definitely. Yeah. And I won't be offended that Dr. Riley is cheating on me and doing another podcast. Yeah, I, still, I'm sorry. Still number one. It's I'm all sorry. good. It's fine. <laughs> number one in our hearts. <laughs> He's moved on to bigger and better things. No, dude, you still got to get your Res Life sticker. Eventually, we'll come out with merch for the for the loyal fans. Um, For the the OGs. The OGs, yeah. We'll give one to each of our mothers. (laughs) Yeah, it's okay. It's our number one fans. Yeah, our only fans. And we're. This Yo. is a really self-deprecating episode. If you yeah, guys it's, a, it's okay. Yet. It's okay. This is what happens when we take way too much time off. Yeah, exactly. And honestly, if you guys have any episode suggestions, as always, whoa, we, I hear a dog. I hear a dog now. Yeah, yeah. So if you guys have any additional questions um, or any topics you guys want to go over, please reach out to us on Instagram. Uh, you got Neuro Fitness MD, the the runner, the track star. Uh, you have Doc Riles, the dog dad. Uh, Doc Riles on Instagram. If you guys have any questions, just reach out to us. But again, I think the major points for networking as a med student, resident, attending, whatever, is find what conferences interest you and just go go to one see how it is uh, if you've never been to one i highly recommend it because you never know who you're going to run into and who that person knows or who that person actually is and on top of that it's a great way to become more educated in your field you know see the most cutting edge research and technology remember be confident yet humble in your approach to these people and remember if you have questions and they're too busy just ask if you can exchange contact information. That's what I did at my most recent one. I got a bunch of people trying to help me out. Everybody just wants to help you because, again, they want to pay it forward. They remember what it was like to be in your shoes. Dr. Schuper, any last-minute comments? I think that was a great way to end it. Awesome. Remember, networking is your friend. Don't be scared. People are there to help you. Exactly. They just want to help you guys. Uh, just like we're trying to help you guys out with an, another episode of Res Life. So thank you guys for joining us, and we'll see you next time.